This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. All right, let's talk a little science this week, shall we? Because I kept seeing this headline and I thought this would be perfect for us to talk about on the show. What's the deal with these water bears on the moon? And I thought, you know, that just sounds bizarre. What is going on? Well, we're going to get somebody to explain it to us. It's Mark Martin, the Associate Professor of Biology at the University of Puget Sound. Mark, thanks for joining us today. Oh, I'm so delighted to be here. Thank you for the invitation. Oh, I do love that enthusiasm. What is the deal with these water bears on the moon? What is that? You know, there's a saying that everybody likes, and the expression is a charismatic megavertebrate, things like giraffes or bears or lions or tigers. But in fact, tardigrades, though very small, are very much in the popular imagination. Uh, They're perhaps half a millimeter long, but what they're best known for is their ability to survive really extremely harsh conditions, including, in fact, radiation and the vacuum of space. So there was a, um, well, so you, perhaps you want to hear about tardigrades first, but I can tell you where this story came from. Which would you like to hear about? Well, you kept using tardigrades, so let's start with what, what is a tardigrade? A tardigrade is a small, multicellular creature. It's, you can call it a microbe because you kind of need either a magnifying glass or a low-powered microscope to see them. They're little kind of, they're, they're, the old-fashioned expression for them, uh, water bears. Also, though we don't like it, moss piglets. Uh, tardigrade means slow walker, okay. and that, that name was uh, uh, coined perhaps 200 years ago. And what's interesting about them is you put a little piece of moss or lichen in water, and you spend a little time with a magnifying glass, and you'll see these tiny specks moving. And they are certainly very, very cute. They have eight legs, little claws on the ends of the legs, and they have a protruding mouth part that creates like a sucker for which they uh, go after uh, plant tissues, lichen tissues, or in some cases, even other tardigrades. Okay, so now that I know what those are, why are they on the moon? Ah, well, uh, there was uh, actually an Israeli, uh, an Israeli uh, attempt to land a particular spacecraft on the moon, and it failed last April. And on that particular spacecraft, they had a number of things, including something about the size of a DVD that had lots of information in it. And they had, like, information of, of, of the various people that were involved. They even include some cell samples of the experimenters that put it together. Uh, And because they had some extra time, they put some tardigrades in there. They did so because tardigrades, again, have been shown to be very resistant to things like radiation in the vacuum of space. Then when you put them back in water, they kind of wake up from that state. I should say that when they do this, the process is called cryptobiosis. It's kind of like suspended animation. So those are the forms of the tardigrades that they put, perhaps 100,000 of them, which, believe me, isn't very many, um, in terms of size, so- or isn't very much in terms of size. It's quite small. Right. And then when their probe crashed, there they are on the moon. Okay. So far, this sounds like the makings of some kind of science fiction movie where this is at the part now where things start to go wrong. I so would, would I would so watch the heck out of that movie. I'm sure I mean, you would. <laughs> as, they, as they return to wreak their vengeance on Earth, it's cruelly, uh, cruelly uh, marooned them there. But the fact of the matter is, if we were to go back to the moon, as we hope to do, and came to that crash site and found the remains of this small disk, which very probably survived the crash, 
and then put those desiccated little forms of the tardigrades back in water, where there's, of course, air, too, they would probably wake up. So and that's a pretty they're... interesting thing to think about, that they're that resilient. Kind of, um, I, I, what I've often said, because uh, all of us have stresses to go through and difficulties, and I've often said that the tardigrade is my Patronus, <laughs> kind of re- a reminder that I can get through things. I like that little Harry Potterism for us. Um, okay, that's so right. right now they're up there. They're not active or anything because they're still in that suspended state of animation. But what other than water, do we know of any other ways they could wake up on the moon? Only if they were given a little bit of moisture and some, some probably some atmospheric pressure. Uh, as I as I thought about um, this this question, because in anticipation of speaking with you, I you know I, I don't want to be one of those kind of sour faced scientists that tell you things are impossible because you know we always get surprises in science. But when people say that a tardigrade can survive in vacuum, we know it has done it for several weeks in the lab. Right. That we know. You know what I was thinking of? When, I was thinking of please. the Jeff Goldblum character in Jurassic Park where he says, we know life always finds a way. I, 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 he's one of my heroes. Isn't he, isn't he just fabulous? Yes. And I, I, I would really love to see that. Now, as it stands, and I, I, I do have to be very direct about this, they're not going to do anything right now because there's not enough water. Um, there's not any atmospheric pressure. But um, I'm so hoping that someone can recover them and show that they survived all that. Now, we do know from space probes in the past that, uh, and there was one surveyor probe that landed in the 1960s, and an Apollo astronaut went to it maybe seven or eight years later, and from inside that space probe, they recovered bacteria that had survived that. Now, they weren't living there, but they were surviving. Right. So uh, I'm very hopeful that these interplanetary explorers have a future. This is Maybe really... we should mount a rescue expedition. <laughs> I was thinking, though, for a, a future trip to the moon, and I know many countries are kind of planning that. Is this the mm-hmm. first science experiment that you check on to see, you know, inadvertently, maybe we came across something important there? I agree completely. I know people that carry this a little bit far, and it's turned into, and you and I apparently like bad movies, um, yeah. and it sometimes gets into, like, weird science fiction movies. But this idea of learning how to survive extreme conditions, tardigrades have a lot to teach us because when they become de- dehydrated down and they get into their, like, super-resistant state, they have to survive all kinds of things besides dryness, and they do. So I think there's a lot that we can learn about that. Well, I have learned so much today, Mark. Thank you for joining us. Oh, I appreciate the invitation. And I hope you don't have as extreme of a day as the tardigrades are having on the moon right now. I hope so, too. Thanks, Mark. You're very welcome. That's Mark Martin, an associate professor of biology at the University of Puget Sound. I learned so much 